What is up, everybody? It is Dan and Joseph. We're here with 4D, of course. And as we all know, that is Dallas, because, you know, Dallas is the best. You know, we got the draft, because we talk about the draft quite a bit. And, of course, Doomsday Defense. Um, yes. You know, we're, 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 uh, we're back. We're back from our, our, our roly-poly cells from Thanksgiving. Hopefully you had a good one. I did. I did. I hope uh, it, it was really good. I had a, um, oh man, it's so good. My sister-in-law makes a pumpkin cheesecake. Yes. And it is amazing. Like, yes. My wife so makes one usually either for Thanksgiving or Christmas every year and they oh, are to die for. They really are. They're so good. Um, so yeah, had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody out there, everybody listening had a great Thanksgiving as well. We are now into the month of December. So um, yeah, the uh, season's coming down, man. It's flown it by it is flown by dan like it feels like it has and it hasn't which we'll get into <laughs> yeah, yeah. true um yeah so uh for those who missed i was on um lp cruises um youtube podcast yesterday and uh if you haven't checked that out go check it out and he, you know before Definitely. we get into it he asked a question that i wanted to ask you because you were supposed to be on you had some school stuff go on um and he asked about pressure on Dak Prescott like is he feeling more pressure to win this game Ooh. and oh. and I I kind of came up with like you know he probably does but because Dak is who he is if he probably doesn't feel it the way we think he feels it but I think he absolutely feels like he needs to win this game and so I wanted to kind of get your opinion um to see, you know, what you would have said, because I thought it was a really viable question mm -hmm. um, because we never see Dak rattled. Not really. And so I was like, you know, let, let me see what Joseph has to say. So how do you feel about that? Man, LP bringing the heat with that question. Um, <laughs> honestly, like when you first started talking about it, you said pressure. And I was like, oh, yeah, in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, the offensive line has not been blocking great. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's a different kind of kind of pressure. And, and Dak has spoken on this earlier in the season um he he was quoted on it as been a pretty big quote in cowboys nation this year a pressure pressure is privilege mm -hmm. um you know like he plays quarterback for the dallas cowboys like yep. that's already more pressure than pretty much any other quarterback in the nfl correct just playing for the dallas quarterback. so he already has that he's already used to it and then with this season with the how they started off so great so hot and then they've kind of stumbled these last couple games. Um, I think the pressure has mounted because everybody outside of Cowboys Nation has been waiting for that all season when the Cowboys stumble. And now that they have, they're like, oh, yeah, look at they're not good. They're not good. They're not good. See, we told you they weren't that good. We told you. And the Cowboys always choke. And, and so that puts even more pressure on you to not go out there and not repeat past history of you know, having hot starts, not even just Dak, but just Cowboys in general of having hot starts over the years and then floundering out, not doing, not winning playoff games after having really good seasons. So I, I do think that the pressure is mounting, um, especially with losing three or four. Yep. Um, and people will not give Dak the excuse of injuries, will not give Dak. You ever just about every other team, you'll have the excuse, oh, well, they're missing this player, they're missing this player, you know, well, you know, but for whatever reason, the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott will not get that. It does does not matter that CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, I mean, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper were out. Like, oh, great quarterbacks find a way to elevate practice squad players. Yeah. What? 
Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's the pressure he's on. Oh, sure. So yes, there's added pressure. Yes. It's mounting. Do I think that it will over like Dak will crumble underneath it? No, not at all. Uh, Like you said, Dak doesn't seem to get rattled. He seems to thrive under it. Um, And once again, I'll repeat what he said. Pressure is privilege. You know, I think Dak is fine. Yeah, I thought it was a good question. I was kind of interested to hear what you would have had to say. So, LP, thanks for the question. Where uh, we'll, we'll, we got Joseph's uh, take on it this this time. He did ask some other questions about you know O line versus D lines, and you know pl- we'll we'll get into some of like how we feel about the matchup. Um, okay. You know uh, how we worried about certain things and not others, and but it was really good. So if you have a chance, go listen to it. Um, but you know we've been out for two weeks, so we got two games. We got to go back and look at. And look, th- we can probably cover them similarly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's been there were some problems on the offensive line. Let's just start on the lines. The offensive line has looked really at best mediocre. Yeah. Um, just you know, you switched out Williams, which probably was the right call, especially with Ref starting to look for certain things from him. You switch him out with McGovern, who Look, if he had had enough snaps, would would have been, I said this on the LP's show, the lowest in rank in the NFL for pass block win rate and pass rush or uh, run block win rate. If he had had enough snaps, he would have ranked dead last in the NFL. Right. So not a good outing, <laughs> I guess is what not we can say. You had uh, Collins come back, it looked absolutely a mess at times. And this is a KC um, game. Yeah, well, and and I said this too. I was like, when was the last time he played a game? Yeah, it's, it's been, been two years. Yeah, well, I mean, twenty nineteen. He, he played week one against Tampa Bay, and he looked right pretty good against Tampa Bay. But I think that's one week, first game back, and then you're out again. Yep. Yeah, he hasn't really played a full thing since twenty nineteen. Yeah, like yeah. in reality, and so you know. Do you put Steele in because maybe Lyle really isn't physically ready? Like, I don't know, but Steele's out now. Um, you know, but the offensive line looked a mess. The defensive lines, man, like they they just could not sustain when they would flash a, a run stop or a pass rush. They just couldn't sustain it long enough to get off the field or to really – I mean, look, the defense played well. I'm not knocking yeah. their play. What I'm saying is is – you know, when your offense is struggling, sometimes you need the defense to do something it doesn't do. Mm-hmm. And they held on enough for this team to win. But if they they if they could have gotten more from their defensive line, I feel that they could have overcome some of the problems on offense. Um, yeah. You know, hold them up on third down, stop a, run, a big run on first down. You know, certain things that if they had been able to do, um, you know, I, I think that's where you start. I, where do you think? Yeah, um, I would have 100% agree with you. That's where you start. You start in the trenches. Um, I think the defensive line has been a little bit better than the offensive line, mostly just because of Micah Parsons. Um, But uh, the offensive line has been bad, especially in, I mean, we we saw that Denver game. Um, Mm -hmm. the The KC game was just as bad or probably worse, to be honest with you. It was really bad against KC. Um, Steele did not play well at uh, left tackle. Um, Collins did not play well at right tackle. Um, McGovern did not play well at left guard. 
Um, and by Biotis has been up and down. He's been up and down. So he didn't play well at center. And the only one really playing well was, of course, Zach Martin. And even he gave up a sack in the Chiefs game. Yeah. So it was just a really bad game. Um, defensive line didn't get enough pressure. Um, even though the defense played pretty well in that game outside of the first quarter, they got hit in quickly in the first quarter and then they played well the rest of the game. Um, and then the Oakland game, you know, the line wasn't great either. Um, they were better than the KC game, but they, they, they weren't great. Um, and then the defense was the defense didn't show up against Oakland. The defenses in total didn't really show up against Oakland um, for whatever reason. Uh, they had been playing great for like three or four straight games. And then for whatever reason in Oakland, they didn't, they didn't come to play. Yeah. So, so here's a question because I, I had this conversation and I, I'm curious how you feel on this and maybe I'm way off on this. One of the complaints people had the last two games was play calling. There seemed to be a lot of not taking the shot downfield, a lot of screens, um, a lot of, really lack of of motion at certain times um weird play calls where you were like man why are we running at this point like what are we doing here how much do you think the play of the offensive line and them trying to help cover up some of those mistakes led to the play calling or do we think that the play calling is just right now a little stagnant for whatever reason, injuries, um, you know, maybe maybe Kellen Moore is just trying to 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 buckle down for the next couple of weeks. Like, you know, maybe it's because there's three games in 11 days. You know, what's your what's your gut feeling? Because one of the things somebody mentioned was that and I think it may have been not to be trite. I don't remember who it was, uh, but mentioned if they can't get through the first 15 scripted plays right they almost go back over and retry those same 15. Hmm. Um, and and I, I thought about that and I was like, well, I don't know about that, but there is a little bit of truth to if something's not working, they sometimes instead of adjust earlier, they try to force it to happen and then they are forced to adjust. Yeah. So which way do you see that going? Here's my issue. And that I've had, and I, I, we, we did a Star Boys Network uh, space last night on Twitter. Um, you know, anytime we do a space on Twitter, um, anybody can jump in uh, and listen at any time. It's live. Uh, and we did it, and uh, Nick's from the Stargate Network um, was on there. And uh, we had a little bit of disagreement on it, uh, on this topic, because he feels that um, we need to adjust more. And that we, because sh- with the players out, we needed to adjust. And I felt that we did to the detriment, actually, because I thought we the play calling was different because they did not trust one. They didn't trust the line and they two, they didn't trust the receivers that we had out there without Amari Cooper, without C.D. Lamb. So defenses have started playing tighter and up front and trying to bully our receivers. And with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, that's very, very difficult to do because they're such explosive athletes and they're such good route runners. It's hard. It's hard to do. So when you do that and they run a good route, they can they can beat you easily. And it gives Dak more separation to throw the ball. Well, when it's Michael Gallup and Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson, those defensive backs are able to bully them more and stay tighter to them. 
So they're, and they're not getting as much separation. They're not giving Dak as much of a window. So the play calling I see kind of has adjusted to try to like, Hey, we don't really trust our offensive line right now. And we don't trust our receivers to beat these defensive backs quickly. If the offensive line doesn't hold up and they've kind of adjust and it's hurt the offense a lot. I also agree with Nick's in the aspect of you saw something failing. So you should have adjusted earlier. And we were seeing adjustments that should have been made in the second quarter not until the third or fourth quarter. And I, I think, you know, Nick's might make a point where I agree with you. Like, I think it's uh, had a lot to do with the line, but you know, to his point, we've seen it throughout the year, even in wins where it seems like they have adjusted a little slow to what the other team is doing at times, not all games, not every moment, but there's been times where you're like, man, they really need to, you know, they, they need to get more Pollard more involved. And then you start seeing it in the yeah. third, right. Or man, they really need to hit, try to hit one deep to CD and then they'll try to hit one deep, you know, two quarters later. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I, I think he's right in the aspect of they do need to adjust more, but maybe more frequently. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a point that I did agree with him on that he had a good point is, and you kind of brought it up with the Pollard uh, and against the, the chiefs, when we didn't have Amari and CD went out, um, there's a lot of times where Pollard was just on the bench. Mm-hmm. Pollard's a playmaker. Pollard should have been used more. Now, he was attributing that to Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator, play caller. Very well could it be. I don't know who's making those personnel decisions on who's going in. Is it Kellen Moore or is it Mike McCarthy? Who's dictating the personnel? Is you know I don't know how that, – that might be a good question that we can try to find out here. Um, but I right now, I don't know who is dictating the personnel and uh, who's going in, who's not. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, to bring it all back to like these last two games, this has been the real problem is that there seems to be a lot of uh, almost dysfunction, not necessarily as severe as dysfunction, but kind of like a dysfunction on what are they actually doing and why are they doing it? And I don't think anybody has that answer, yeah. which is obviously I don't think they fully knew. You know, there was a lot of time where you're like, OK, we're, we're going to get you know, we're going to get CD back here. Oh, wait, we're not getting CD back. Oh, we're, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. we've seen that. And so I think that they've, they've put themselves in this corner now. Now for as, as pedestrian at times as this team was the last three or four games, mm-hmm. they now are, are coming, going in and they're going to face a desperate new Orleans team. Yes. Who are is either going to play Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill at quarterback? Yes. It looks like they may not have Kamara, although it's still debatable. Um, yeah. But you know, either way, he's he he's not going to be a hundred percent if he does play, right? Yeah. There's 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 team. a lot of there's a lot of talk about if he does play, he'll be on a right. snap count. So right. uh, we'll have to see. You have an offensive line that's good but has definitely lacking their tackles right now. Yeah, both so tackles are doubtful. Well, I mean, there's, that no, more, there's no more there's no more doubtful. They're questionable, yeah, they're but they're basically doubtful. Yeah. They, yeah. Haven't, they, haven't, they haven't practiced in the last two days. They right. didn't practice today. Neither one of them. Right. So barring a, a miracle tomorrow, they're out. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, yes, they have a solid defense. They have a pretty good front seven. Um, 
you know, it's not, I wouldn't say they're world beaters, but they definitely are, are, are solid. Um, so looking at that and trying to get back on track, the Cowboys are getting players back. We're, you're getting to markets back. You know, it looks like Amari's a go. You have Lamb. You have, you're getting players back. You're getting guys more game experience. Lyle will have another game under his belt. You know, you'll have Tyron in there, which will help. Like some things are starting to fall into place, but you're facing a desperate Saints team and you've lost three of four. So looking to this, which side of the ball needs to show up this game more than the other? And of those, is there a specific player you think needs to step up to kind of help remedy some of the problems we've had? Yeah, that's, uh, oh man, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to go offense. Um, Of these three, losing three of these last four, it's mostly been offense that struggled, even though I would say the offense played fine against in the last game against Raiders and the defense didn't play well. Um, But I'm going to say offense needs to step up. They need to show that they're still one of the top offenses in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard to narrow it down to one player. If I'm being completely honest with you, um, it, it, the, the cop-out answer is Dak. Oh, the quarterback needs to play better, which, <laughs> you know, he, he played fine in against Oakland. You know, he, he missed some throws, but every quarterback's missing throws. He played fine. He was the only reason we were in that game. Um, oh man. Yeah. Good question. I'm, I'm, yeah, it is because I want to go with some of the offensive linemen. Um, I want, I want to go with, you know, Dak is an answer CD and Cooper answers because they missed the last couple of games. Um, I might go Zeke, you know, cause you know, or Pollard because our run game has not been what it is, you know, and it was mm-hmm. what it was in the beginning of the year. And it's kind of making us one dimensional because we haven't been, we've been running, but we haven't been running efficiently. There's a huge difference that people mistake all the time is establish the run. It's you need to run. No, you don't need, it's not about just running to run. You need to be efficient. You need to have the threat. You need to be able to have the threat of running and making a play out of it. Yeah. That's really what you need. And right now teams don't, well, especially because the offensive line teams don't believe we have that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm looking at it, you know, I would say on defense, you, I'm going to, I'm going to think in this one, you're going to need your linebackers as a whole to step up. That includes Micah too, because you're, if it's Taysom Hill, somebody's spying. Right. Somebody's spying. Yeah. If it's on offense, which I think will be Parsons. Yeah, I I do too. I mean, this is where I think not having Cox hurts. Very Um, much so. Right. Because you could have, you could have used him to help spy freeing Micah up on some snaps to do other things like rush the passer. Yeah. So, um, you know, say whatever you want about Cox. He has the speed to do this. I cannot um, wait. I cannot wait till he's back next year. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You know, so I think the linebackers as a whole, especially because look, while they do take some shots downfield, it's, they're going to look for the shorter, quicker passes and that's going to be a lot on the linebackers right so especially if it's hill throwing now, correct hill hill is does not have a deep strong no. arm at all no. like he can be act he can be a little bit accurate in the short and intermediate passes he does not have that that cannon if you remember last year 
he started, I think, three or four games for them when Drew Brees was hurt. And whenever whenever they needed to do a big, deep pass, they brought in Jameis Winston just, right. to, just to throw the bomb because Hill doesn't have the arm strength. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's – it's it. And, and Simeon does, but Simeon doesn't have the mobility. Yeah. Right. So you, I'm not super afraid of the quarterbacks, but I think it's either either way you're going to have to come down to the linebackers mm-hmm. and, and playing either spy or covering those flats with the running backs, because that's really their receiving threats yeah. is their running backs. Right. So I think that's I think that's that. And then on offense, you know, yes, you could say I need Dak or other wide receivers, but I, I think this is one of those games where you're going to need your offensive tackle, Lyle or, or Tyron, probably Tyron, to really, really be a force. To, it, it will absolutely help that offensive line, which will help this offense as a whole. Um, I think it'll also open up play calling. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so I, I think it's going to be, it's going to look, you're going to look at the offensive tackles, like straight up. I think if anybody has to step up, it has to be one of them or both of them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. That's why I was saying. I could look at the offensive line. I could look at, you know, I thought, thought it could be a number of players. Um, but Tyron, Lael, they got to have big games. And they've got to have big games in the running game. And they've mm-hmm. got to pass block, give Dak time to throw, give our receivers time to get open. And yep. then, you know, make some holes. Give Pollard, because Pollard, you give him a hole, that guy's going 20 yards. You know, the, the problem with Pollard that we were talking about with LP was when he was talking about him. And I said, you know, the problem with Pollard is, is you can't make him a bell cow. You can, he is not going to wear down a defense by the third and fourth quarter because eventually those hits on him are going to build up. He's just yes. not that body type, which is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I still think he needs more snaps, but you can't make him your bell cow. And if Zeke is out, it allows the other team to play you a little differently. Right. Because look, if you can get Pollard touches between the twenties, do it. But the second you start getting in where you need somebody who's going to take the abuse and still make it a couple of yards, guess what? I'm taking Zeke, get me five yards out and I need a full head of steam. I'm taking Zeke. So to save Zeke use Pollard more, but man, like I wouldn't make him the the strict bell cow. Um, I agree. So looking at this game, before we get to a prediction, give me one offensive and one defensive player to watch. Not necessarily that they have to step up, but that you think is going to be the guy for this for each side of the ball. Okay, so um, let me just uh, let me just say something about the game real quick. And this this is uh, this was tweeted out by Lori. I'm going to probably butcher your last name, uh, but Lori Horish. Um, and uh, he is with um, ESPN, I think, in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he tweeted out that in this season, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Leo Collins, staples to this offense, have played a grand total of zero snaps together. Tomorrow will be the first time they take a snap together this season. So that's huge. That is yep. huge, in my opinion, for the offense. Um, the players who I think, so on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's going to be Micah Parsons. Um, I think uh, 
Demarcus Ware coming back is going to be huge. Demarcus Ware, Demarcus Lawrence coming back is going to be huge. Um, I almost broke news right there. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I. Uh, no, Demarcus Lawrence coming back is going to be huge. Uh, he's going to, you know, help with the pass rush. I mean, depends on how much he can do, but they're saying he looks great. He's going to play fully. So he's going to help with the pass rush. He's going to help with the run stopping because he's one of the best run stopping defensive ends in football. So that's going to be great. Um, but I think Parsons, you know, coming off the other side of the, the other rushing, he'll probably rush a little bit off the edge mostly on third downs and then just being a spy and stopping Kamara, stopping Taysom Hill. If he's the starting quarterback and his runs, I think it's going to, he's going to be a must because Taysom Hill, if he's starting, you are more scared of his legs than you are of his arm. So, you know, you have to be aware of that. And a guy like Parsons who can run him, who who can run him down and bring him down easily. um, That's going to be a huge part. So I think Michael Parsons, of course, is going to be a huge part uh, part of this game. And then on offense, I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb. And the reason why I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb is because I know Amari Cooper's back. We don't know how Amari Cooper is going to react from coming back from COVID. Some players, it has taken a day, a game or two for them really to get back up to speed. Hopefully this time off has allowed Cooper to rest the other parts of his bodies that's been injuring and he's healthy there and it's just you know getting back from covid that's all he has to deal with that's what i'm hoping but i think cooper is going to be out there as a decoy because cooper's out there you know marshawn Lattimore is probably going to cooper maybe it, unless they figure he's not 100 percent either in which case he could be on just, land that's a, that's a big that's a big if because i'm not putting uh, my number two guy on a, on amari cooper just on a, on a win maybe they started off on cooper and just see i don't know but i think cd lamb is going to be that guy who um is going up against the number two receiver they can also with Gallup and him back they can put cd lamb in back in the slot mm-hmm. where he is unguardable and it's unfair and um i, I so I, I think they're going to do, do that a lot um with cd lamb because marshawn Lattimore probably won't go into the slot to guard cd lamb uh so uh, the offensive player is going to be a uh, lamb in my opinion he'll have a big game very nice my defensive player i'm actually going to go j ron curse oh okay very nice. um partially because of the same reason you were talking about so his, he has and he has shown the ability to come down play get his nose into the run game right mm-hmm. he has shown that ability he has also shown the ability to get out into space and on the back end do a nice job bracketing um, you know, shade over the top, help the cornerback out. And I think if you have somebody like Taysom Hill, Micah is going to be able to help contain him where J-Ron can help come up and clean up that mess. Um, or if it's Taysom Hill and he's got to go try to go deep, you have J-Ron back there as kind of that buffer. Yeah. Um, so I think he plays a strong point, point in this game just because of the quarterbacks you're playing. Yeah. Um, either one, I, I think he he has the ability to kind of lock down this what help lock down the specialty of which either quarterback you're playing um, just fits well for me. So I, I'm going to go with J. Ron um, for offense. You know, I, I thought about doing Lamb, I you know, but the Lattimore thing, it just you know, how does that play out? You know, who's healthy, who's not? So I'm actually going to go Schultz. Okay. Um, and here's why I think this. He, you may not, you should not have to keep him in as much to help block, which should free him up more in the passing game. To your point, if, you know, Amari's out there as a decoy and they realize it and they move Lattimore to uh, over to his lamb, now what you've got is potentially a seam route for the taking 
mm-hmm. by running Schultz in through it, right? So yeah, I think if they're going to kind of get back on track and they're going to allow Amari to be Amari, allow CD to be CD, that you're going to need to involve your tight ends in this game a little bit more than you have um, just to open up some space for those guys. And so I think this could be one of those games where Schultz comes out and you're like, man, I didn't see that coming. This might be one of those games that he has. Um, That's a good one. So it's just trying to think of how they're using them now with Lyle and, you know, Tyron have been out. They've had those guys in a lot to chip. They've held those guys to help block. They've they've not run them on up seam routes very much, right? You've seen them just kind of do, you know, buttons are just cut across the middle because they just didn't have the time to get up the seam. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that's, that could be, that could be it, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so let's go to it. Your prediction. What do you think? How are you feeling? Um, I'm a little bit nervous just because of the way we've been playing. Um, and hopefully we're getting, we're starting to get healthy. We're getting a lot of guys back, like we mentioned. Um, so I, I think the offense will be fine. Um, I think the defense will be fine. I'm like you said, I'm not super worried about the, the, the quarterbacks. Their defense is pretty good. Um, I'm going to say the Cowboys win 31 to 24. Okay. Uh, that'll be my prediction. So a okay. little bit of a close game, one possession game. Um, but I think Cowboys pull it out. So I think it's going to be something like a 30 to 20 game. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that if Mari's not fully healthy now, him being back does help me say 30. Um, but I think 30 to 20 where it looks closer than it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you get something towards the end and you're like, yeah, that sealed the deal kind of a thing. I think that's kind of how this is going to go. Okay. Um, but only because I can't trust them to fully, I can't retrust them again yet till they show it again. Um, you know, and, and we'll see. We'll see how it we'll see how it goes. So um, now we get into, of course, my 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 new favorite uh, my new favorite thing, my new favorite thing. So Joseph, why don't you why don't you lead us into it? Yeah, we got another segment of Are You Worried? And I got four things to ask if you're worried about. Okay. Number one, this is a repeat question from the last one, and uh, you know it hasn't really improved. So I'm asking you again. Because you weren't before. Are you worried about the running game? I'm not. Right. Again, there have been a lot of mitigating circumstances to why this running game maybe isn't performing as well as it it has or could. Mm -hmm. Offensive line has been an absolute disaster the last four games, essentially. Right. Like it just has. Um and I, so I'm not as worried about it, especially as we start getting into colder weather, you know, as, especially as certain things start changing, you're now getting Amari back, you're getting your weapons back, which should open up that run game more. Yeah. Um, you know, so am I worried about it? No. Now, if they come out this game and it's flat, I'm probably going to worry about it more, but I think this is one of those like, Hey, this is where they start coming back and showing they can be a little more efficient in their run. So I'm not as worried about it, but you come out flat, super flat again. Yeah. I'm probably going to worry about it. So it might be on the next segment as well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. have to wait and see. All right. Question number two, are you worried? Kellen Moore has been figured out. 
No, because let's be honest. I think every coach gets figured out, right? Like it, we, we say it every year, wait until this per- they have tape on this person. Mm-hmm. Like we say it about players all the time. Well, guess what? They play within the systems of a coach. And so to figure out what that player is, you got to figure out what they're doing in the system. So I, I'm not so worried about it. What I'm worried about is can he adjust, mm-hmm. right? Because if you find me a coach that never gets figured out, sign him today <laughs> to a 10-year deal and just let it roll, right? Because every coach gets figured out in some ways. I mean, shoot, people are now starting to see how to play Kansas City a little bit, right? They're starting to see how to play Buffalo. Like, the Rams, like, we're seeing, yes, there's some play issues, and yes, there's some, you know, but we're seeing this is how the how football changes and and evolves anyway, right? Yeah. Somebody figures something out, a coach adjusts. If the coach doesn't adjust, nah, that's where I'm worried about. Can Kellen adjust? But I'm not worried that people have figured him out because I think that comes with part and parcel of being a coach. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I just think he's had, they've had so many weapons missing on offense. Um, and then coaches go through these, like you can point you, any coach, like you said, all coaches go through these where they have stretches where it's not great. Bill Belichick has had really bad stretches. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid has had really bad stretches this year. You know, I, I mean, at Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, they've had bad stretches this year with Sean McVay Rams, like you mentioned. Um, so everybody has bad stretches where they just it's not clicking. Yep. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not super worried either. OK, question number three. Are you worried that Mike McCarthy is out with COVID this game and will not be coaching? I am a little bit, um, you know, because, you know, I know people really wanted more. And look, maybe if this wasn't such a short week when they found out Mike had COVID, like you're asking a guy who's never fully coached mm-hmm. a game to prepare in three days to get not only his offense installed, but, oh, by the way, you have to go to the defensive meetings. You have to go to the meetings with the owner. You have to go and do this media thing. And, you know, so I, I get why they didn't do more. It did not surprise me. It's not that I'm against it. I just think timing wise, it was a really bad time to have him get his first trial run, especially after you've lost three or four. Yeah. Now, maybe if you had won all four, you say, you know what, we can afford a game. Let's see how the young man does. But I don't think that's this. So what worries me a little bit is now you're putting Quinn on the field, which Quinn has done a pretty good job once he got back up into the into the booth, right? He was doing a pretty solid job. Now you're asking Quinn to to do both in a way. And, you know, we saw him in Atlanta. He had moments where he was really good and he had moments where he was really bad. And so what that looks like for our defense, for the play calling, you know, the decision making, is he going to stay in line with with Mike of wanting to take risks on fourth down? Right. I don't know any of that. So I am a little worried about it because of the uncertainty of Dan Quinn and the short turnaround time for the staff to come together with what six coaches out, mm-hmm. something ridiculous like that, seven coaches out. Yeah. So you're asking the staff to be pulled together in three days under Dan Quinn. Yeah, I'm worried. No, no, I, I get it. And I'm a little bit worried too. I, and you know, I'm uh, as big of a, 
Cullen Moore fanboy as anybody out mm -hmm. there. And I agree with you. It, it's short notice, not a good time to throw him out there and say, hey, hey, do this. Um, the one thing I am interested about is this is kind of like a little miniature um, interview and trial run for Dan Quinn if he does have aspirations to be a head coach again. If he can come out there and, and show, have a good outing um, and uh, great defense is showing, great team showing and say, you know, people are like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe Dan Quinn can do this again. Um, so I think that's a possibility that the, the team wants to show that. So I, I'm, I am worried a little bit, but I am interested um, to see how, how it comes out with him there. Okay. So question number four, last one, are you worried about losing three out of four going forward? I am if they don't show up this game, mm -hmm. right? Because you know, here we are, we're looking at the past and saying, look at all of these injuries, look at all of these things they've had out. Right. And, and look, winning begets winning, losing begets losing, right? Like it, we've seen when a team is riding high, they win games. They probably shouldn't because they're just, things are going their, their way. They're confident when they're losing the opposite happens, right? Like you lose games. You probably shouldn't because you, you think it's just not your time. You're in a slump, whatever that looks like. So I am because it's three out of four and now you're, you're on a short week with your coach out. You're facing a really hungry saints team. Who's desperate for a win. Yeah. I'm a little worried about it. I, I'm a little worried about it, but here's the bright spot right after this. And we talked, this was going to be the hardest stretch. Like we all, we said this at the very week one, when we looked at the schedule and said all the way through the saints game was going to be the stretch, right? Like, from about Denver through to about where we're at. Like that was the stretch. We were all like, it could go either way, depending on how these teams are right. And health. And it did, it went the way we didn't, we were kind of hoping it wouldn't go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're, but you're about to face the Redskins, the Eagles, the giants a lot over the mm -hmm. final couple of weeks. And you know, whether or not you lose this game, while hurts, you have a really good chance over the next three or four weeks to really put away the NFC East. You, yeah, 100%. You know, so am I worried about it? Yes, but comma, you have a really good opportunity coming up and just at least try to make this game look like you're there, like you're back in the swing of things enough to where we can go, yep, now they're fully healthy. Let's roll into the NFC East lineups and just start crushing so I'm a little worried about it, but I think looking forward, there's some hope to it. All right. Well, that was this week's segment of Are You Worried? You, you had some worries and some other not huh? so worried. Right. Um, so uh, looking pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with most of what you said, um, you know, and, and my worry level is probably right where yours is. Yeah. I mean, I'm always worried when you when you lose a whole bunch of games that you're going to keep losing, like. I think that's a normal fan reaction, right? So I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not worried at all because let's be honest, that's just normal every time, like, oh, they've lost. And how many times do you hear it? Of course they did, right? Like, oh yeah, this is how it goes for them. And da, da, da. like, there's a reason that that line is there is because it happened. Um, you know, so people, people believe it. So yeah, so that's our that's our prediction for this week. That's our recap. And you know, now we got now we get a week and a half off, which will help. 
yeah. um, which will massively help this team, especially for our December push going through the NFC East, essentially. Um, I mean, almost every game Just or most game. of the games. Yeah. After right. It's one game against the Cardinals yeah. and that's at the rest of division games. Yeah. Yeah. And that Cardinals game is going to be huge. Don't get me wrong, oh, but yeah. I mean, you really want to focus on these NFC East games. You don't want anybody creeping in. You just want to put away the NFC East so that, look, if if position is locked and you're the fourth seed in the last week and it's locked that you're the fourth seed, you can still rest people. You're not playing for a positional spot, right? So yeah, don't don't play with it. Come out and and come out swinging. Um, so let's let's get to the last portion. Of course, we talk about the draft here as well, mm-hmm. um, as, especially pointing it towards the Cowboys. Again, I think we're all still wondering who the quarterback guy is going to be. Um, you know, it, there's also some pieces here where there's going to, there might be some changes of who comes out and who doesn't with all of these coaching changes. Players may or may not decide to go back. They may or may decide to transfer, uh, keep another year, whatever. So that's something that's going might potentially change this draft. It is not a strong draft. Um, Dalton and I were having a conversation about it where, you know, 10 guys are going to go in the first 10 rounds, 10 picks. I don't know if all 10 are worth top 10 picks. Like, you know, and there's some really thin parts of this class, like safety. There's probably five guys, but if you're looking at the, as the Cowboys, two of them, maybe three have size concerns for the Cowboys. Right. So you're talking a thin class wide receiver, man, you get into those middle to later rounds and it is real sparse. So, you know, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. Now let's have a little bit of a game. Okay. First, let's talk about what you think the Cowboys need. What's their top three needs right now, making assumptions on how, who they sign, who they keep, who they don't keep. Just make assumptions. What's your top three needs. Offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Safety. Mm-hmm linebacker okay interesting you didn't uh, you say cornerback okay i'm not gonna say cornerback let me change linebacker to defensive end okay okay i can buy that too funny you didn't say cornerback because there's people are like well let's get brown out but we haven't seen what we have in right we haven't seen what we have in joseph like yeah. do we get another corner look unless somebody like stingley drops all the way to us Probably corners not going to be the first pick. I still think they need to grab some depth in this draft, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's one of the top three. So, all right. So now knowing that, let us run through and do like we did when the draft came up. Right, We're, I'm going to give you some options at the picks. Oh, if you hear the ringing, it's people offering trades. I'm not going to accept trades. Oh yeah, somebody wants to. Oh, the Chiefs want to trade me. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> So we are sitting here. We are pick 25 currently. Okay. That's the, the spot they have us in. And you are staring at these four, five players. I'll, I'll, I'll put in Jahan Dotson as a wide receiver. Okay. So you have Andrew Booth, cornerback out of Clemson, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. You have Brisker, the safety out of Penn State, Kennard, the offensive line, I mean, uh, guard out of Kentucky, Daxton Hill out of Michigan, the safety. And Nicholas Petit Friere, the offensive tackle. I'm going to make you happy. (laughs) I'm going to go with Petit Friere out of uh, Ohio State uh, tackle. 
Okay. Um, I agree. Um, and the only reason, I mean, I've been wanting pounding the table for a tackle for a minute, right? The only other player I would probably consider there, me personally, would be Daxton Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, absolute burner in the secondary as a safety. Um, problem is, is a little bit of a size concern. Um, he's six foot tall, 200 pounds, you know, they, not like, <laughs> right. Like they want six, two, six, three guys. Um, so I will agree. I will say Nicholas Petit Friere, although safety is seriously a thin class. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's viable, yeah, but, yeah. but you I'm know. just thinking about the future. Um, yes, you know, we, we know Smith, how much longer does he have? You know, how many, he missed three more games this year. Like, and it wasn't even – it's not even his back or neck. It's his foot now. And yep. it's like it seems like he, there's going to be three games every year. And I know people are like, oh, we have Steele as a, as, a, as a swing tackle now, which, okay, he's not that great at the left tackle spot. And there's a lot of rumors, like, I don't know how legit they are, but that Steele – I mean, that uh, Collins is still in the doghouse and that they might yes. be looking to move on from him, even though yes. I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that at all. If they do, if they do move on for him from him, that that o tackle position shoots up in importance for the draft. Well, and and Freire can also play guard, so yeah. I think that That's adds to his yeah. value depending on how you see Williams McGovern by the end of the season. Well, Williams All is right. gone, I think. Williams is gone. So you, you're in the second round. Okay, we've picked an offensive tackle. Your options are Zay Flowers, the wide receiver, out of Boston College. Sean Ryan, the uh, interior offensive lineman from UCLA. Zach Harrison, the edge out of Ohio State. Uh, I'll skip past the running back. Uh, Henry Totos, I believe is how you say it, the linebacker out of Alabama. And Thayer Munford, the guard out of Ohio State. Can you go through them again one more time? Yeah. Uh, Sean Ryan, uh, interior uh, offensive lineman out of UCLA. Zach Harrison, Edge, Ohio State. Uh, Henry Totos, I believe that's how you say it. Linebacker, Alabama. Or Thayer Munford, interior offensive lineman, Ohio State. Why do I want to go another Ohio State guy with Harrison, man? I mean, uh, it's an edge. Yeah, that's that's why. But I'm like, man, I'm giving a... I'm giving uh, Dan his dream draft with Ohio State. <laughs> well, okay, so the next guy's on the list, okay? So just just mm-hmm. to keep in mind, like, if you want to reach just a little bit more, that's fine. We can reach just a little bit more. Isaiah Likely, tight end of Coastal Carolina, and Edibidike, uh, the edge out of Penn State, and the safety, McKinley out of Oregon. Oh, he is 5'11", 193, but has cornerback coverage skills. Yeah, let's go with the edge, Harrison, Ohio State. Okay. Oh, uh, Brandon Joseph is there too, the safety out of Northwestern. Mm. 6'1", 192. Um, first Big Ten defender to log three interceptions in yeah. his first three games. I, did, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, see, that name was there before. So I'm going yeah. to go with, I'm have to go with Brandon Joseph. I agree. Um, while I think that, you know, they do need the edge. If they keep both Randy and Tank, you're using it for depth in the second round. I yeah. don't know about that. Um, so we will go Brandon Joseph. I like Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there is a little bit of a size issue, but I think he offers what you really do need mm-hmm. out of your safety position. So 
Yeah. Um, one of my one of my little sleeper guys, probably in the second round. Um, we'll see. Um, so you're getting to the third round. Uh, you got two running backs, uh, Charbonnet and Spiller sitting there. You have Windermere, the tight end at Texas A&M. You have Kyron Williams, the running back. Jeremy Ruckert, the Ohio State tight end. Cade Otten, the Washington tight end, who I'm sure Cam, if she's listening, would love that. Um, you have Zachary Carter, Edge, Florida. Cameron Thomas, Edge, San Diego State. And Isaiah Foskey, Edge, out of Notre Dame. Man, I wish I knew what was going to go, what was going to happen with Zeke. Um, but I don't think they're going to get out of his contract after this year because Spiller's interesting to me. I like Spiller a lot. Um, I'm going to go. I don't know what's going to happen with Jarwin. Um, and I don't know if we're going to re sign um, Schultz. And then McEwen's still young. I don't know what he, where his status is going to be. So, I really like Rucker out of Ohio State. I do. And I know it's another Ohio State guy, but like, I, I really like Rucker out of Ohio State. Um, kind of that do it all kind of guy. Exactly. Yeah. This tight end class is deep too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's go. I know Cam's going to be mad at me, but let's, <laughs> I just, I'm just a really big fan. I don't like a lot of Ohio State players, but, um, He's just been consistent his time yeah. there. Um, really now, Cameron like Thomas is an interesting name. Um, some people believe he's going to be as early as a second rounder, um, the edge out of San Diego State. So just a name to look out for. Um, it is an Ann Foskey. Uh, both those names at edge probably won't be here at this point in the third, uh, would be my guess. Would but you, Would you here. consider drafting Matt Arise here, the punter out of San Diego State? You know, I, I might. I might it's somewhere like nobody's going to pick him in the sixth or seventh. Man, I mean, he's got to be drafted. I mean, you don't, that guy can boot it 90 yards in the air. Like, yeah, you, he can, it doesn't yeah. matter where you're paid. You can be pinned in your end zone. He's flipping field position. Like, okay. Like, so here's where this gets hard though, man. you ready for this. Mm -hmm. So you have Damone Clark out of LSU, say uh, linebacker, Marquise Bell, safety out of Florida A&M. Okay, so remember, we've taken Brandon Joseph already. Yeah. You have linebacker Merlin Robertson out of Arizona State, cornerback, cornerback Josh Joby out of Alabama, linebacker Jack Campbell out of Iowa, and linebacker Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma sitting here. So you got some linebackers now to choose from. Or do you go with the corner? Or if you really are like, you know what, I don't like any of this because there's a big linebacker. Your edges are Isaiah Thomas and Sam Williams, uh, Oklahoma and Ole Miss. Mm. Yeah. See, this is where it gets hard because now you're looking at positional, what's going to fall and what's not. Yeah. Right. Um, have, we, have we, I don't think we've gone edge yet, have we? We have not gone edge, but we also haven't gone linebacker. <sighs> I think edge is a little bit more important. That's why I switched from linebacker to edge. Um, I like Isaiah Thomas out of Oklahoma. Um, so that would probably be my pick. Okay. I do like Sam Williams too. Um, I think Sam Williams offers just for, for um, re reference, you know, he, I think he does a really good job in a four three. So I think he would fit well. Mm -hmm. um, but for, I think overall what they're looking for Thomas fits, but Sam Williams is not a bad pick. If you hear his name yeah. popped up, um, 
you know, just something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, so, okay, so we're here, uh, our second pick in the fourth, obviously. And now, now you're looking maybe linebacker. Um, if you do that, Micah McFadden is sitting there, as is Amari Gaynor, Indiana and Florida State. I I personally will I tell you now, I, I kind of like Micah McFadden. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he has a lot of tackles for loss. Uh, like 20 of them in the last two seasons or something ridiculous. Um, But which way do you go here? Do you go that way? Do you go corner? What do you think? I'd probably go um, linebacker, Micah McFadden. We've got to start filling in the depth of the linebacker position. We don't know what's going to happen. Neil's on a one-year deal. OB's in the last year of his contract. We got Parsons and we got um, Cox. Cox. And then we got Gifford and – Bernard, who neither one of them you're going to be comfortable with as a starting role. So um, unless we sign somebody, uh, we're going to have to draft the linebacker. So I would go Micah McFadden. I think that's a good pick too. So I, I went with it. All right. So now you're in the fifth round. Look, you have Ali Gay sitting there at LSU edge, Trey John Jeffcoat. You have some edge players, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Pascal at Kentucky. Um, you have Ryan Robinson, the running back out of Bama sitting there. Um, do you, do you go running back at this point in the draft? You know, is that something you think, you know, they have some guys on a practice squad who they seem to really like, Yeah. you know, is, is now the time you do that? I don't know. Um, you know, you got Tramari Connor cornerback out of Virginia tech. Um, your next wide receiver. Here's where the, here's where things get sticky, right? Mm-hmm. Your top wide receiver on the board right now is Christian Watson out of North Dakota State and Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State. Those are your two top guys sitting there. Hmm. Not awesome, right? Not at all. Naylor might be your best. Fry Fogle sitting there out of Indiana, but again, he's kind of hit or miss. Like, there's not a lot of names sitting here. So, do you say, you know what? Not it for wide receiver. Yeah. Let's just let's just go with, you know, edge or something like that. Where do you roll here? Yeah, probably, probably edge. Um, like you said, they got some running backs. They like on the practice squad um, wide receivers, not doing it for me. This draft is not great for wide receivers um, late in the, late in the draft. Um, okay. So you got Ali Gay, Trajan Jeffcoat and Jeff Pascal. I haven't done a ton of research on either any of those. Um, Honestly, I'm not sure about this one, man. I haven't done a ton of research. I haven't got this far into uh, breaking down college yet. Okay. Um, I will say uh, Gay is more of a left defensive end than a right defensive end. Um, He has, he has a lot of the, the stuff you look for, but his processing is a little slow. Okay. okay. Jeff Coat really actually does well in a 425 alignment. Okay. Which really is kind of something we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he possesses a lot of the, the power and get off that you want. I mean, shoot, he's played a 3 4 outside linebacker as well. Um, where he's going to he have some of the, is he part of the Jeff Coat family? Yes. Okay, then I'm probably going to go him. <laughs> um, the the one issue he has is some leverage issues, um, which you know, 
sometimes you can work those out. Sometimes you can't. Um, but he has all the skill set you want. So we'll go Jeff Coat. I like Jeff Coat as a as a depth piece. I would not want him starting right away, but I think he has the skill set to eventually become that. Okay. It might take him a minute, but I think he's going to be one of those guys in a two year, two to three years. You're like, okay, this guy came out of nowhere. I, I like it. All right. Um, so okay, you're in the sixth round. You know. You got Anaya Smith running back out of Texas A&M, Zamir White running back out of Georgia sitting there. I, I've kind of looked past some of the edge stuff because we've already done edge. Mm-hmm. It's a really deep edge class um, where you can find guys kind of all over. Uh, Eric Gray is sitting there. Um, you know, again, if you want to go down to wide receiver, you're talking, let's see who's the best available right now. Uh, Demas out of Maryland, Haley out of Coastal Carolina, Jalen Cropper out of Fresno State. I mean, you're not talking anything appealing. Yeah, you're not talking a lot of appeal, right? Like, do you go running back here? Probably, yeah. Let's go. Um, did you say White was? Um, Yep, Zamir White. Zamir White, yeah, that's right. I couldn't remember his first name. Uh, yeah, let's let's go Zamir White. Okay. So, and, and the reason I wanted to have this little game with you is because we're making assumptions on how the Cowboys are going to act in free agency, right? We have all, we're making these assumptions. Knowing now kind of names and ranges and types of positions that are available in different parts of the draft and hearing it and having to make that pick, we went... Nicholas Petit Friere, first round offensive tackle. We went Brandon Joseph safety, Jeremy Ruckett tight end. We went, hold on, it just flipped on me. Uh, Isaiah Thomas edge. We went Micah McFadden linebacker. So, so far we're hitting a lot of our, our needs. Um, you know, Friere can pull guard duty as much as he can offensive tackle. Um, then we went Jeff Coat edge, Zumira White. We did not get a wide receiver, which knowing what you know, does that mean now you almost feel compelled to make sure Gallup stays? Yeah, man, that's 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 rough because I don't know if we can afford it, um, but or, or if they will pay it. Um, but yeah, it does make it more seem like more important just because there's nothing really there unless you're going to go out and try to sign a guy who you feel comfortable with the number three spot, but you know, yep. you're going to have to pay for that. And then, or you got Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. That's a rough. Yeah. And, and that's why I wanted to run this as well, because you heard as we went through, there were wide receivers not available. You know, yes, there were some safeties. There was, we had a plenty of edge. We had plenty of linebacker choice. We even had some decent tight end choice fair in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of interior offensive linemen. If we wanted to upgrade Biotish, you know, yes, you can slide Petit Friere there. Do you want to do that or do you want to get him ready to be your, your starting offensive tackle at some point? Can he do both? Can he, you know, now does this mean, how do you feel about center, right? Because we know it's been an issue. And then did we miss something? in this draft that you're like, man, I didn't hear one of those come up like defensive tackle, right? That we did not really mention too many defensive tackles. We did. Does that, does that change how you approach this off season knowing and hearing it? Look, 
there is a lot to go between the, now and the draft. I get it. There's games to be played. There's, you know, the combines, there's the game, you know, the, the uh, high, you know, senior bowls and, and all of this stuff to be played and all these, these evals to happen. So this can change. I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But right now, knowing what you know of the draft, hearing at least some of the names and some of the way it falls out, are you concerned with this offseason? Granted, there are some positions that are super deep that we need. Did we miss something? And are you at all concerned about how they handle this offseason, knowing what you know about the draft? Yeah, I, I am. Because the draft it doesn't seem to be particularly deep at the moment um, with some of the positions that we need. Um uh, you spoke about defensive tackles. We There really wasn't any defensive tackles there for us to grab. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Brent Urban. You know, he was on a one-year deal. Carlos Watkins, I believe, was on a one-year deal. Um, what is going to happen there? Um, and then you also have a uh, wide receiver. Like you said, if Gallup walks, you know, what are we going to do? Is Cedric Wilson for sure the number three guy you know he's had flashed in games early in the season but not so much recently and when he had a chance to really step up um he didn't in these last few games um so big questions there um interior offensive line you know we really couldn't replace Biotish or uh Connor Williams is likely to to walk um so even if you say okay I'm comfortable with McGovern which I am um where's the depth behind him you know so uh linebacker um, I, I mentioned that earlier when I was talking about linebackers and we drafted McFadden. Yeah. But you know, what's the depth behind that? You know, um, there, you know, there's, there's, these are positions that we're going to have to address in, um, free agency. I think we have like over 26 free agents this year. So we're going to have to resign yep. some of our own guys. We're going to have to bring, fill spots because we're not going to resign everybody. So we're going to have to fill spots. And you saw, we just went to the draft right now. It's not looking I mean, we, we, we had some good players, but there's some positions that a uh, little worried about, just a little bit worried about. Yeah. There's a long way to go. And, but, you know, let's lay it out there now to start looking at these. Cause look, everybody's going to start paying attention. If you don't watch college football regularly and you don't watch a lot of teams outside, maybe your team, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will just watch their team and that's it. The bowl games are the times people start realizing who some of these guys are. Yeah. Right. Because they're they're tuned in on Christmas Eve watching the point set you know, against uh, seriously, you know yeah. how it works. You know, oh, yeah, Fresno yeah. State is taking on, you know, Virginia Tech. And a lot of people don't watch either of those two teams uh, on a regular basis unless they're in the top 25. Mm-hmm. You know, well, guess what? Now you get to see that, you know, Fresno State wide receiver that's there in the fifth round. You know, now you get to see that Virginia Tech you know, safety that's there in the third round or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, I, it's a great I get point. it. It's a great point. Cause uh, just a years back, a few years back when I really first started getting into the draft, the seat, not the senior bowl, but the bowl games is where I first noticed Cooper cup out of uh, Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. And then in the senior bowl, he shone out again. And I was like, he beat Desmond King, like embarrassed Desmond King. And Desmond King was like considered one of the highest rated cornerbacks in that draft and it like he embarrassed them and I was like who is this kid like mm-hmm. and I was I started researching him doing more research and I was telling everybody this kid this kid Cooper Cup is legit and nobody wanted to believe me. they're like a white wide receiver 
from Eastern Washington. Are you kidding me right now? I was like, dude, this guy's legit. Like, just wait. And of course, now you see what Cooper Cup is doing in the NFL. But remember, like, just like you said, I first noticed him in a bowl game. Right, because you're not watching Eastern Washington. Yep. You, you, like, it's not a thing. It, like, even if you wanted to watch him, you, you really can't because they don't get televised as much. So you have to pay to do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you're not seeing some of these guys, you know, and look, the NCAA is great and it's an excitement and I get all of that, but there are a lot of teams mm-hmm. and there are some really solid players on some really bad teams. And so they just get hidden by TV media because all they want to show is, you know, the top essentially 25 teams and who they're playing against. And then maybe if there's like a game somewhere there that you're like, you know, Hey, this team's probably number 27 and this team's probably like 32. Like let's there, they have a game on a Thursday night or something, right? Like that's where you'll see those types of things. So seeing that and knowing what we know as we move forward, and especially as the season winds down, we start talking free agency. I want to come back to this point and say, okay, did we hit this marker of what we talked about way back when, Mm-hmm. you know, and, and see what that looks like. And so we'll, we'll play this game again. Um, let some of the bowls happen and we'll play, we'll play the game again where we go through the draft and, and kind of reevaluate as things change. But I wanted to do it now because we're all talking about what the Cowboys need. We're already starting to talk about it because they've lost three or four. We've seen some glaring holes when guys are down and out and injured. So there is, there is conversation of like, man, the Cowboys really need this. Where's Josh Ball to help with the offensive line? Where's the, you know, like these questions are coming. So let's talk about it. Um, yeah, definitely. And I, God, I hope some, some quarterback just decides they're the guy. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm getting really look college quarterbacks. I'm getting really sick and tired of all of you. Um, somebody please step up and be the guy. Seriously, um, man. Because right now, none of you are the guy um, in this, in this draft, the first quarterback to come off the board was at number six, Matt Corral to the New York Giants. The second was Sam Howell out of North Carolina to the Eagles at nine. I would then, love this draft. <laughs> right. And then you don't get another one until 17 with Desmond Riddler to Denver. So you get three quarterbacks. Let's see. Let's see if a fourth goes. Malik Willis goes 23 to uh, Detroit. And that's it. So out of this draft, you get four quarterbacks and essentially one is in the, is near the top five, two are in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's not gross. Good. Yeah. It's gross. It's not a quarterback draft at all. So, you know, just things to watch for as, we're, as we move forward, um, you know, things to keep in mind, but yeah, man. Uh, another week in the books. Um, got any got any big plans coming up? Uh, I got finals for some some classes next week, so that's nice. that's what I'm focused on. So nice. we got the game, and then uh, next week is all finals. So hopefully, game goes well. Those those go well, and then we we get on a roll, and start doing our thing. That's that's the hope, correct? Oh like, yeah. I think that's I think that's what we all want. Um, so next week on the eighth. Uh, I actually start a uh, roundtable discussion with some veterans. So I will be here, um, but uh, I start that. It runs through Friday. 
and we're going to be building some programs up for some veterans in my, at my regular job. So awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, another week and, uh, man, it's getting down to it. It's getting down to it. It is, man. We got a month of football really before playoffs. Yeah. But you and I both know the NFL never sleeps. So it doesn't, it we'll have going. plenty to talk about. Absolutely. That's why it's right. the best sport, man. Yeah, man. Where, where do we find you and all your work? Uh, Twitter uh, at the J.A. Massey. You can find my written work at starboysnetwork.com. So, by the way, I love how you've taken the Ohio State thing and said the J.A. Massey. Big props <laughs> to Ohio State. I'm glad you did that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, way to give props there. Yeah, that's where I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, we'll just stick with that. Um, we'll, we'll stick with that. Um, of course, you can find me at Dan underscore Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T, and all my work's at Fansided. Uh, the, if you're looking for the specific one on Fansided, it's Sport DFW, uh, where our friend Reed writes and uh, Donnell Kearney, and they have some good writers over there. So give us all, give us all a read. Give us all a follow. Hit that, hit that follow button on, on new pods for us. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, hopefully after a victory next week. Yep, that's what we're going for. Have a good one, everybody. Peace.